This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Here we go again. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Hey, what's up? This is your host, Jesse Carter. Pro Wrestling Shoot. It's about to get exciting. Pro Wrestling Shoot. How long is this going to last? Pro What's going on? This is Jesse Carter, and you're listening to the Pro Wrestling Shoot with my guest today, Mike Mondo, also known as Mikey from the Spirit Squad. How's it going, dude? Jesse, what's going on, man? How's everything going? Oh, it's going great, man. Another day in paradise, you know what I'm saying? How you how you doing on your end? Oh, uh, you know, man, LTD, brother, living the dream. <laughs> Heck yeah, dude. So what you got going on since uh, all this stuff with the pandemic? Oh, man, it's just uh, pretty wild, man. It's... Uh... I got to say, you know, it's just been, well, it's just been working a lot, you know, uh, just keep myself busy. Uh, I'm so happy right now because I'm living in New York uh, and the gyms where they were closed like forever, but they finally just recently opened up. So, uh, you know, back, you know, I've been doing those home workouts and stuff, but it's just not the same. You know, I'm, I'm a meathead, you know, I, I, need, I, need, I need my dumbbells. I need to throw up some 100, 110 pound dumbbells. So it feels good to be back in the gym, uh, getting back into the swing of things, somewhat of normal uh, life again. And, uh, you know, just unfortunately, though, you know, just with everything going on, you know, wrestling shows have taken a hit. So um, we do have a couple more uh, shows uh, in November, which I'm really excited to get back into the ring and just start doing again what I love to do, you know. But uh, just keep them busy, man. Just keep trucking along, taking things one day at a time. Definitely, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little hard out there for for the independent wrestling scene. Where, where were you? Uh, where were you doing shows before all this stuff happened? Uh, well, I've been doing mostly uh, tag matches with my partner, Ken Doan, uh, Kenny, and myself. Um, and we've mostly just been doing, uh, you know, just traveling around the United States, doing independent shows. Uh, we were just actually doing a lot of stuff for MLW, uh, Major League Wrestling. And, uh, you know, we had a, a nice little run there. A lot of great guys, great talent. Um, just, uh, you know, just kicking it there. And um, But, yeah, then all of a sudden, just everything kind of came crashing down, you know. And then... Uh, just wrestling shows just kind of like just stopped at a halt. But uh, also before that, I was doing a lot of guest coaching for WWE down in uh, the Orlando's Performance Center. I've uh, been down there about four or five times now, and it's just been a great experience every time I you know go, go down there and just give back uh, all my knowledge and uh, all my experience to uh, the future generation. So just mostly just been doing that. That's great news, man. Um, so when when you um, were doing the independent leagues, um, what what was like some of your favorite moments before all this started happening? Uh, I know you talked about um, you were working with MLW, which is a great independent league. Um, is there anything spectacular that happened while you were there? Um, you know, it was just really great just to be on like a national stage again and just kind of be in that atmosphere. Um, just definitely like, you know, uh, just had like a, a really good, just professional feel to it, you know, and we got to just work with a lot of great talents, uh, notably, uh, the Von Erics. I don't know if you, you heard of them, but they've oh, been, of course, uh, absolutely. Of yeah, of course you heard of Von Erics, but yeah, this is, uh, almost like the third or fourth generation, you know, and, uh, just really good group of guys, good, good kids, you know, and, uh, 
we just really had some great matches with them. We worked them. Um, we actually worked them in Texas, which is uh, where they're from. And just I remember uh, just having that match with them, and, and just the people like were obviously so behind them. It had a really good energy, uh, really good feel, you know, in the building. And we just tore down the house with them. And it also uh, was really cool because uh, Sting was actually involved in the match. He was the uh, oh, yeah right yeah. So we got to go out, you know, and um, I think he was the GM. And, uh, you know, he made the match between uh, us and the Von Erics, but just to be in the ring with him, uh, a legend such as himself and a, and a guy that I grew up watching as a kid, you know, WCW, obviously, uh, was just like a really cool experience and uh, just had a lot of fun. But yeah, MLW, wow, yeah, MLW has been a lot of fun, though. We, uh, we wrestled a few times in uh, New York down at the, uh, was the, uh, not the Hammerstein Ballroom, but uh, the, I think the Roseland Ballroom, that's it, yep. And uh, just to, you know, just to be on TV again and just to be in that atmosphere, you know, it's just uh, a totally different feel, you know, um, and just it was really good to be a part of it. Don't forget to check out Rent Ray Podcast every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube, which is my name, Brennan Martin. Look up Brennan Martin. It features a profile of myself and Chavo Guerrero. And, and Rent Ray Podcast contains four main hosts which is myself, Jordan Little, Andrew Hawking, and David St. Dennis, as we discuss about news, sports, video games, movies, TV shows, pro wrestling, and much, much more, and also exclusive interviews as well, including talent from Prestige Wrestling, Fi, Without a Cause, I mean, and a whole lot more, including former WWE superstars and also current AEW superstars as well. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page, which is Rant Ray Podcast, and also the Twitter page at RNR Podcast 19, capital RNRP, rest for it, lowercase, including number 19. Same handle with Instagram, but all of its lowercase, including number 19. And don't forget to check out the, to listen all podcasts, including Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple, podcast, Buzzsprout, and many more, many available platforms as well. And also do not forget to check out the store, which is brainbusterdees.com for your Rent Ray podcast merch, including the fanny pack, face mask, t-shirts, uh, hoodies, stickers, hats, uh, hoodies, sweatshirts, tank top, joggers, a beanie as well, and many more to go. So that, and to look that up is brainbustertees.com slash other slash rant dash and dash rave dash podcast slash. And always the rant and rave podcast. The pro wrestling shoot listeners. It is I, Conrad Cushman from Everything Pro Wrestling, here to let you know that Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans. And you guys can catch us on YouTube where we record all of our podcast episodes live, where we get fan interaction, fan feedback, and get your thoughts on everything happening in the pro wrestling world. So do us a favor, join us on Wednesdays after AEW Dynamite at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join us in the live stream. Come on in and leave your thoughts about AEW Dynamite. We also do pay-per-view reviews for all of your favorite companies, whether it's WWE, NXT, New Japan, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor. Sometimes we even pop up with a local indie review. Just make sure you're subscribed to Everything Pro Wrestling on YouTube. And if you want to listen to us on the go and you want to just listen to the audio versions, we are also featured on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, 
let's get back to listening to Jesse and the pro wrestling shoot. Yeah, those fans are rabid, man. Uh, I'll bet that was a great experience. How how cool is that, man? You got to be involved with Sting, and you know he's he's one of my favorites from childhood. You know, and I, I grew up watching Sting. I absolutely love him. Uh, I never knew that he was in that he even did anything with MLW. That's pretty cool, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was really cool. Um, and actually, you know what? I take that back. It was uh, I, I believe when I was involved with Sting, that was uh, just an independent wrestling show. But um, I it just I get mixed up sometimes because we worked with Von Erichs a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but no, man, just yeah, just to be uh, in the same ring as him and just to actually be like, oh wow, this is really cool. You know, I grew up watching this guy and just like one of my favorites in WCW, and now I'm actually like in the ring, like you know, doing something with him. I thought it was a really cool experience and just a memory that I'll, I'll have, you know. Sure. definitely dude mm-hmm. i didn't like once again you know i mean mlw or not i mean i still didn't even know that sting was taking independent bookings or anything like oh yeah no i know it's funny right uh you just you never know who you're gonna run into sometimes um but yeah he um i did a few signings with him and it's really cool because like you know like whenever we see him like doing a signing like he remembers you know from when we had that encounter uh and it's just like just nice cool to build a relationship with him you know definitely man so um what what got you started in this profession man like what when was it that you realized that this is what you wanted to do for a living yeah you know i've always been a fan of it ever since i was a young kid and uh i uh, i mean i grew up watching wrestling and uh since i was like actually a memory from like when i was four years old you know and um it's something i always knew i wanted to do i just never knew when i was gonna get into it you know um obviously a big fan growing up but I had two dreams in life. It was either to be in the NFL or to be in the WWF or now obviously WWE. And just as kind of like, you know, nature took its course. It just, you know, wrestling kind of uh, worked out for me. And, and then like when just when I got, I got into the business when I was 18 years old and uh, just kind of everything spiraled after that. Like everything happened like just really quick, you know. And uh, before I knew it, I was just like doing this full time, making a living at it. And I was like, all right, let's, you know, this is uh Whenever I do something, I always have both feet in and I just you know, gave it all I got and I uh, just had really good, just a really good run, you know, and just happy and grateful my career is still going. You never know where it's going to take me. Definitely, man. So when you started, did you, st- were you wrestling as Mike Mondo or did you have a different character or what was going on there? Uh, you know, it's funny you say that. Actually, no, uh, Mike Mondo didn't come to my OVW days, uh, which we can get into that a little later if you want, but, uh, when I first started out wrestling, my name was uh, actually Livewire. <laughs> and um, oh, you know what? That's crazy. I remember that. You remember that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, old, I do. I do. Old school. And uh, it's just, it's funny how that name happened because actually when I was in middle school and high school, like, you know, just like I think a lot of kids do when they're young growing up, you know, they uh, do backyard wrestling, you know? And um, I remember my backyard wrestling name was the Embodiment of Excellence Christian Livewire. And uh, <laughs> there you go, right? There that's you that's go. quite the name. That, that's some money for you, right? There you go. Yeah, that, that sells, man. That sells. That sells. The hell yeah, it does. <laughs> and uh, I remember getting into wrestling school, and I was like, all right, man, I got to come up with a wrestling name, you know? Like, and uh, everyone has a wrestling name. I got to come up with something good. And um, one of my, uh, it wasn't my trainer, but just somebody that helped out at the wrestling. By the way, I, I uh, went to NYWC, New York Wrestling Connection. Uh, which was then called Critical Mass Pro Wrestling here in Long Island, New York. 
And, oh, okay. Uh, one of the guys like that was like really involved in the school. He, you know, I told him about how I used to do backyard wrestling and everything, and this was my name. And he's like, you know what? How about we just call you Livewire? You know, but instead of an I at the end, we will put a Y in there. I'm like, you know what? I like it. Let's do it. Livewire. Screw it, man. Bands do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. So that's uh, that's how I got my name. You know, just uh, when I was at NYWC, it was like I think like maybe six months in when I had my first match. Uh, did training, you know, for six months prior to that, and then uh, it was Showtime. So that was like my first ever wrestling name. That's cool, man. That's that's super interesting. So you you, you spoke about um, OVW. Um, I've had some some uh, podcasts with Micah Taylor, and he he's told me quite a bit of stories about you, even off the air. Um, how how was your experience in in OVW, and how did you get started in there? Yeah, man, OVW is actually one of the most uh, memorable times of my career. I mean, uh, so much has happened um with that territory and i'm very grateful for it uh ovw is actually the place that i really feel like made me the wrestler that i am today um you know i always like uh not taking anything away from you know anything i did prior to that but like just the experience and, and the trainers that were really involved uh with ovw really took my game to the next level like they really taught me how to work um and i was also blessed to have a lot of great trainers there um, it wasn't just one trainer like the whole time. I think I was probably under like, oh God, there was like six or seven different trainers. Uh, I spent a, a lot of time with um, <clears throat> one of my friends uh, to this day and, and mentor, Rip Rogers, who really taught me how to uh, like call a match in the ring and just uh, not pre-plan everything, just to kind of go out there and do it, you know, and uh, really taught me how to work. Uh, also, Lance Storm, Bill DeMont, Al Snow, uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard. Um, just a lot of great minds that really, uh, you know, kind of took my game to the next level. But, uh, I think the question was how I got started there. Um, so pretty much when I was in, when I was in wrestling school in Long Island, New York, um, my, uh, a friend of mine, uh, uh, his name was, uh, I'm sure you heard of him. His name's Pat Buck. He, uh, runs Creator Pro. Uh, oh right yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I remember we had AOL, uh, AOL at the time, and he instant messaged me, and he's like, hey, man, there's an OVW tryout camp that's uh, a week long. You know, it's whatever. I think it was like $1,000 to uh, to do the week-long camp, and then if you get in, um, you know, that, that money that was put towards the, uh, the camp will be going towards the tuition, you know? So it was like pretty cool deal, like, you know, if you get accepted. So wwe or wwf whatever you want to call it that was always my dream and that was always my goal that's always where i wanted to be you know ever since i was a kid and then um i remember talking to my parents about it you know because i was just in my first year of college at the time here in long island went to suffolk and um they were like you know my parents have always been very supportive of my, uh, my wrestling career and i'm always very grateful for that if it wasn't for my parents i don't think i would be able to uh, live the dream as a professional wrestler so they always gave me the freedom of choice and like what I wanted to do. So, um, yeah, they, they spotted me the money and, uh, I went down to, for the week long camp with Pat Buck. And, uh, after a week was up, I got a phone call, uh, maybe like two weeks later. And they, uh, it was actually Jim Cornette. I was in the parking lot. I remember when I was at wrestling school and he wanted me to come down, you know, he said he couldn't, wouldn't sign me at the time, but, um, I'm sure everyone remembers back in the day that OVW was the WWE developmental territory. And uh, that was the place to be, you know, if you wanted to get oh, signed. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I had to make a decision, you know, it was either like, all right, do I want to 
finish up school here, or I mean, this is like an opportunity of a lifetime, you know, this is a chance to really uh, go for my dream, you know, and um, so that's what I did. I, I was 18 years old and uh, packed up, my, I finished out the semester here at Suffolk, and then I uh, just packed up my bags and then moved down to Louisville and uh, got started there. So I wasn't on the contract, but I was in the advanced class. There were several different classes. There was a beginner's class and an advanced, and I was thrown right in the advanced class. I was training with WWE Talent. And I was in the eyes, you know, of uh, where I needed to be. Everything in wrestling is, you know, um, you know, a lot of it's right place, right time, timing, uh, you know, some luck, you know what I mean, to a degree. So, like, those barriers were filled and I was finally in the right place. And hopefully I was going to be in the right time, which eventually happened. And uh, that's kind of how it all transpired. It went down. Yep. Wow, man. So was OVW the first big break or was there was there something that sticks out to you um, before all this experience happened? Oh, no, definitely. I would say OVW was absolutely the first break in wrestling I've had. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I wasn't even a year into the business, I think, when this break happened. Wow. You know, I was very lucky. And, you know, I, I'm very uh, and I know I was lucky, you know, because like a lot of breaks like that just don't happen to everybody. But again, just like with wrestling, everything's timing. You know, that's something uh, that Danny Davis and Dr. Tom Pritchard always instilled in me. You know, it's just, you know, sometimes for me, it, uh, patience is very hard. You know, like we want everything now, now, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, oh, I want to yeah. go to WWE Definitely. now, you know, but it's just everything's <laughs> just, uh, pay, you know, you got to have patience if you're going to be in this business. And then when the timing and the right opportunity presents itself, you need to be over prepared to capitalize on that opportunity. And OVW was a place that <clears throat> made me over over prepared. You know, Danny Davis uh, gave me nothing but opportunity when I was there. He made me a trainer there. Um, I want to say after like a year and a half, you know, I was running the beginners classes for uh, his company and uh, also helping Rip Rogers with the intermediate classes, not to mention I was training full time. So I had a really full full plate, you know, when I was down there, it really uh, kind of progressed naturally. And um, but yeah, no, definitely um, OVW was, was the first big break and I was probably there for I mean, when you, if you count, because I had like different runs, you know, I went, I moved down there when I was 18 and then, uh, you know, um, my post WWE run, I moved back to Louisville uh, when I was living in Tampa and I went back to OVW just because I always felt like that was my home and, you know, uh, go back to my roots, so to speak. So I spent like about, I'd say a good, like, you know, almost 10 years down in Louisville, Kentucky. So definitely got wow. a lot of great, yeah, I worked a lot of, uh, Worked a lot of people and got a lot of great and valuable experience that I'll just pass on to future generations going forward. That's great, man. So you said that you like you you worked with a lot of people down there. Um, I I know that this is what got you into the WWE, and then you came back to Louisville. But before we get into that, um, I'd like to know um, what are some of the great experiences you had at such a young age in OVW, and because th this was a platform that was on TV and um pretty big opportunity at a young age oh yeah absolutely um man i had so many great experiences there you know um just to ovw was uh i would probably say i have to put this in the right words here it was probably the the last remaining territory you know back in the day there was different territories in pro wrestling you know you you work for, uh, you know, Stu Hart, you, you wrestle there for, you know, a few months or a year, then you, then you go on to work for the Von Erics in Texas, you know, and then you work there for a little bit. And then after that, you go to work for Vince in, in the Northeast, you know, and um, just 
just different territories where you can learn your craft. And uh, I feel like OVW is like probably one of the last remaining territories that are, were around, you know, at that time. Uh, there yeah, was, definitely. There's no place that you could probably get that experience anywhere else, you know. And um, you know, so it was OVW where I got to learn how to uh, work TV for the first time at such a young age. You know, um, there's a difference between you know working TV and, and a house show, which is to to the listeners out there, a house show is like a non televised event. You know. Um, it was there how I learned how to cut a promo and just uh, do learn how to, to do things on the fly, you know, to be able to work with Jim Cornette one-on-one and to, uh, you know, him, for me to give a promo and to give, uh, listen to him, give his feedback on constructive criticism, what I could have done better and, you know, what was wrong with it and just character development, you know, and trying to find out who I was as a performer, um, you know. But uh, I remember the first, uh, I guess the first name wrestler that I've ever wrestled uh, happened at OVW. And I remember wrestling Stevie Richards in an OVW dark match. And uh, that, oh, was, yeah. that was just a great experience, you know. And then, um, you know, just working under different minds uh, that were booking the show at the time. Like Jim Cornette uh, was the booker uh, for, for a long time down at OVW. And then from there, Paul Heyman took over. Um, so I got to work under him. And if everyone knows in pro wrestling, just how... Cornette and Paul Heyman are like the same people, just the opposites, you know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So how, how was that? How was that? How was that working under, under Paul Heyman, man? That guy's a genius, it, man. It was really, uh, really great experience. You know, uh, Paul was excellent at, um, uh, Paul was excellent at being able to accentuate your strengths and hide your weaknesses. If that makes sense. You know, he knew, what you were good at and that's what he would portray you know on tv and then he knew like, yeah, what to stay away from but that's like, one of his famous quotes yeah absolutely and it's it's definitely true you know and i experienced it firsthand and uh just to um watch because like you know in that era you know um it was a developmental system for a reason you know because people were learning and uh because the whole point of a developmental systems to prepare you. So when you get the opportunity to get the call to the big time, whether it was raw SmackDown, you know, that you were, uh, you were ready to go, you know, but uh, there was just a, some, in, a lot of inexperience there at the time, you know, cause people were still learning and everything. And Paul was able to take a group of guys and know with knowingly their experience level and just to be able to put on a, a, a tremendous TV show by just, uh, you know, making sure everyone's uh, strengths are out there on television and it was able to he knew how to hide people's weaknesses and this was like made a great tv show so but yeah there were long days you know but they were uh fun days and, and really good uh also some experiences that just came across the top of my head it was this you know we we would run uh, they were like our quote-unquote pay-per-view shows and we'd wrestle at six flags kentucky kingdom uh once a month down in louisville and uh, so we pretty much, you know, build up to whatever we were doing on TV and then, you know, have the, our big pay-per-view card down to Six Flags Kentucky Kingdom. And that was always a fun day, you know, because we would get there early, set up the ring, you know, then go hit the theme park for, uh, you know, a few hours and then come back and, and do the wrestling show. And um, there was always a WWE talent on the show, too. You know, we had Chris Benoit on the card. We had John Cena on the card, Batista. Eugene, you know, and even the Spirit Squad, when we were on the road, we came back down to, to give back, you know, and uh, perform there. So just a lot of great memories, you know, uh, up and down in Louisville. But I think also uh, f- 
from a behind the camera perspective, a lot of memories was just the camaraderie that we had, you know, all the talent, like, um, and we see each other more than we did our own family. You know, I mean, we have people from all around the world, different states that moved down with the notion of, uh, you know, going after a dream, you know, we really got to, you know, hang out like all the time. Um, so we really like had a really good bond, you know, with all of us. It was almost like a brother and sisterhood, you know, like even when we weren't wrestling or pet shows or practicing, you know, we would, uh, be going out together and, uh, you know, and just hanging out and just, you know, creating friendships and stuff. So, um, just like the camaraderie and just the relationships that I was able to make, like we were talking about Micah Taylor, uh, he was actually the one, he was like the first friend I made when I went down there. I remember I was staying at the Suburban Lodge and uh, I ran into him and he gave me a ride to practice because I didn't have a car. I was probably going to take a taxi there, you know, I just literally moved down there, 18, <laughs> you know, but he told me to hop in with him and uh, just we're, we're like great friends to this day. And uh, had so many just good memories and just times out with him and so many great matches too, you know, he was always a ball and blast to work with. Good dude right there. Definitely, man. I, I can't say enough nice things about Micah Taylor, man. Mm-hmm. S- super professional, such a nice guy. Um, one of my favorite interviews to have. Super underrated. Um, he he's just somebody that I I wish nothing but the best for in this in this profession. Um, every time we get together and talk, I enjoy it. And he he also you know shared some funny stories on on. Uh, you two and a couple ribs that he did on you and stuff like that. Like if, if he wasn't ribbing me, then I knew something was wrong. I have to like pull aside and be like, all right, dude, what's going on with you? You're not messing with me. Like, you know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I always looked at him like the older brother, you know, uh, I, you know, I never had and everything. And, uh, we've just, besides just from OVW, I mean, that's where we met. We've had, you know, a relationship since, but like we did motion capture together. I don't know if he talked to you about that at all, but uh, the making of, you know. He did, he did, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he did, yeah. And then uh, it was funny, oddly enough, you know, when I had my first opportunity to go down to uh, guest coach down at the WWE Performance Center, it was was so funny because I walked in the door and all of a sudden I see him and he's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, what are you doing here? So, (laughs) you know, it's funny because like just the how it all started from the beginning is like now we're guest coaching together, you know, at the performance center for WWE. It was just kind of a cooler moment, you know? Definitely, man. Yeah. And for the listeners out there, man, if you haven't checked out the two um, episodes that I have with Micah Taylor, you are missing the boat on this one, man. They're so fun. And it's a, it's a great listen. I promise you won't be disappointed. Just go and check that out. Um, yeah. Micah Taylor, such a great guy, man. And, uh, I'm glad that you guys got to share all the, those bonds and, you know, it sounds like a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you were training in OVW, was um, Kenny with you guys as well, along with Nick, uh, also known as Dolph Ziggler? Um, um, yeah, mm-hmm. actually, oh. I, I went down there when, I mean, this is funny because like, I mean, I was, I was down there for so long, you know, like from, I went down there when I was 18 years old. So I've seen so many people like, it's almost like just different classes of people that have just come and gone, you know, uh, some went Definitely, up and yeah. moved on to the main roster and some got let go, but it was always constantly evolving. So, um, when I first went down there, like I, I like to call like me and Mike, Mike Taylor, we like kind of a couple of the originals, you know, cause we've just seen so many people like throughout our time there. But, uh, I would say it was like a year and a half, uh, from my time at OVW. 
that's when uh, Ken Doan came down and he was signed. And he was actually, oh God, he was, I want to say he got signed when he was like 17 years old, just out of high school. And uh, yeah, Kenny was down there. So we spent a good amount of time before the Spirit Squad came about down in OVW. And then uh, Dolph Ziggler, uh, Nikki, uh, he actually, he came down probably like a little bit after that. Him and Bobby Lashley had a tryout um, the same time. And they both got hired after their tryout. So yeah, that's pretty much how I uh, I met both of them, and then we've had a relationship ever since and to this day. That's cool, man. So when did uh, when was it that WWE decided to call, and how how did the Spirit Squad become a thing? Was it just we're going to call you guys all up, and this is the gimmick we have for you, or what? What was the what happened there? Uh, well, to uh, to start with, it was uh, a Vince McMahon idea, you know, and. Uh, for those out there listening, you know, if it's a Vince McMahon idea, it's a good idea. So, uh, <laughs> um, I, I remember when the idea was talked about and, you know, ironically, I was never supposed to be in the spirit squad. And I can tell you that story in a minute if you want, but, uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah I want to yeah, hear yeah. about that. Yeah. I wasn't originally, uh, supposed to be in the squad, but it, as fate happened, that, that's what happened. But, um, yeah, so Vince was just like, you know, I never had any cheerleaders on my show. Give me some cheerleaders, you know? And uh, originally the uh, the group was, it was Kenny. Uh, and then it was, uh, it was Kenny, uh, Dolph, and then it was uh, Mitch. And then it was supposed to be Elijah Burke, actually. And uh, that was the original idea. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Elijah Burke. I don't know if you knew that or not. but um, No, I didn't. I didn't. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... So as things happened, um, Elijah, he, uh, he, he didn't want to do it. So he, uh, he, um, he opted out of that idea. And then it, it's just, again, it's just funny how wrestling works, right? Time, right place, timing, right? And uh, Tommy Dreamer was actually head of developmental at the time. And I was home for, uh, I think almost it was like Christmas break. And I, uh, now this is, I was signed already at this point. So, um. So I'm home on Christmas break, and then I get a call from Tommy Dreamer, and he says that Raw is going to be uh, at the Continental Airlines Arena, you know? And, you, you know, he was like, I might have a, you know, I might have a gig for you in the Spirit Squad, you know? Um, you know, I've heard about it and everything. And then uh, he's like, can you make it to TV on Monday? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'll be there, you know? So he goes, all right, dye your hair and look like Nemeth Ziggler, you know? And I'm like, okay, you know? So... Uh, went to the hairstylist, put some highlights in my hair, you know, kind of get all GQ'd up, so to speak. And then, uh, I went to uh, TV and then, uh, Dreamer found me and then he took me to, uh, Stephanie McMahon. And then, uh, he was like, does this work? And Stephanie looked at me up and down and then she's like, yep, that'll work. And then <laughs> just, just like that, boom, I was in, you know, and, uh, <laughs> pretty boy, man. That's all it takes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Up, yeah. Just these GQ and there's these good looks of mine, you know? So, um, <laughs> at that point I was so like, I felt so overprepared in the ring. So like, I wasn't really even worried about that. You know, I mean, my confidence was at an all time high. Uh, I just needed that right break, you know, to get my foot in the door, so to speak on how to, uh, get to that next level. So I remember that week, uh, Kenny was there too. Cause I guess he was on the road for a little bit, just doing the trial and error with the gimmick, you know, just to see how the fans react to it. We weren't on TV yet, obviously, but you know, just wanted to see how the response was. So, um, dreamers said, you're going to go on the road this weekend with Kenny, you know, and then I knew right then and there that I, I would, 
get the job because I, like I said, I was just, I felt really confident, overprepared, you know, and, uh, I want to say I wrestled Valvinus two nights oh. that weekend and then, uh, and I can't even wrestle that level because we have three house shows. So yeah, that's how I got my, my foot in the door. And then after that, once the, so then it was me, Ziggler, Mitch, Kenny, and then they added Johnny to the group, which was kind of like a last minute addition, uh, Johnny Jeter, you know, and, uh, that was it. That was yeah, how, yeah. uh, that was how the squad came about. Now, ironically enough, I don't know if you ever knew this or not, but none of us were ever really cheerleaders. So we had to like figure this all out on the fly. <laughs> yeah, man. So we had like no time off ever. If, uh, once we debuted, if we weren't, uh, doing our thing on the road, you know, our off days consisted of being at a cheerleading school or getting gymnastic lessons. And we were, uh, learning how to do all these things from the ground up, you know? So, uh, I'm not definitely, sure. man. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's an acting job at the end of the day. And of course I, I, I could just imagine Vince, you know, just damn it. You know, they, they just <laughs> gotta be real male cheerleaders, you know, and yeah. <laughs> getting all into that stuff. So uh, I remember the first time I seen you guys, I was like, Oh my gosh, why, why is Vince doing this? It's cheerleader gimmick. Like, right. I don't, I don't know why, why this is happening. Um, I'm sure all these guys, they could have figured out something else for these guys to do. And the gimmick didn't really stick until I think I seen you guys. Um, I think it was the moment where you jumped Shawn Michaels mm -hmm. and you guys tossed him so high in the air and threw him that I don't know what, what about that stuck to me, but I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is something that we haven't seen before. And maybe there is room in professional wrestling for male cheerleaders. If this kind of stuff goes on, you know, like mm -hmm. I, he looked like he fell off a 15 foot ladder <laughs> the way yeah. you guys talked him up. So, I mean, it, it, that, that was the moment right there where I was, I was all in for the spirit squad. I was like, this is a great idea. Um, this is why I'm not the booker and Vince McMahon is like, <laughs> he's right, got to do right. his thing. You know what I'm saying? So. Well, it's funny you say that, man, because like I think Shawn Michaels was probably one of the uh, the guys that we got the highest, you know. And I remember like before we even did it, like backstage, we're like, "All right, guys, now we gotta protect Shawn here, you know. This is <laughs> the guy here, you know. Uh, yeah, it ain't yeah, gonna definitely. look good if we freaking hurt him, you know. So, uh, <laughs> especially just getting up there and trying to like make a name for ourselves, you know. But uh, no, we took care of him. We made sure we did, you know, that's what we oh, the, the bump looked perfect. Like he, he went up so high and nothing went wrong. He landed straight flat back. I mean, yeah, but it, I think it was just the spectacle of, of seeing what was going on and how you guys threw him up. And you, you know, as you said before, you guys weren't, you weren't cheerleaders. I mean, yeah. this is something that you had to learn together. And I think it's just fantastic to think about that. You know, you guys pulled this off with um such such precision mm -hmm. i mean he, he you know the way he flew up like that and landed straight flat back i mean it, you would never be able to tell that you guys didn't um mm -hmm. do this cheerleading thing before you know what i mean you guys completely sold it mm -hmm. and um right like i said right right then and there i knew that this was gonna work and it, it was the perfect gimmick for the time yeah man like um you know sean was a trooper man he was awesome and he was so great to us and everything and uh you know allowed us to give us our input on matches and everything and i really felt like as a group as a whole that we really built up our our trust with him you know and uh we, you know we wrestled him and hunter um gosh like 75 times i mean you know or more somebody like just a lot of house shows overseas tours 
just besides the, the matches that you just saw on TV, you know? And, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and he always said he had a great time working with us, you know? And uh, we've had some just great matches all around the world. But it was something I wanted to just touch on, too, like what you were saying is that uh, how you, you were saying just before, like how you, you thought like, oh, you know what, maybe there is room for uh, some cheerleaders on a WWE program, you know, and that maybe this is going to work. And I have to say, like, um, I have to give my uh, my partners and, and my, even myself, like, a lot of credit to that degree because I think in pro wrestling, like, um, yes, it's true. We all could be doing something else, like a, a different gimmick or a, a singles thing or a tag thing, you know, but sometimes, like, you have to make the most of what you have, you know, and I really feel like us as a group as a whole that we um, really – took what we had and, and we could have easily just took it for what it was and, and maybe, you know, it wouldn't have lasted that long, you know, but I felt like we got the run that we did, you know, um, just because we embraced the character and we and was like, all right, if this is what they want, well, this is what we're going to get, you know, we're going we're to take it serious. We're going to learn how to do uh, backhand springs. We're going to learn how to do round offs. You know, we're going to try to get in sync as best as we can, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, we're just going to embrace the gimmick and we're going to make the most of it, you know, and, and I think that's what we did as a whole. And I think also that we all had a lot of fun together. And, and that's what we did when we went out there. We had fun, man. You know, we just uh, and I think it just it showed out there that we were having fun. And because we were having fun out there, I think the people were able to kind of get into it more a little bit. And um because there's nothing worse, like if you're just struggling out there, you know, you're not feeling something. Uh, because that could. Trans- oh, I can't imagine. Well, yeah, and it just it trans it it uh what's the right word it uh it transpires through your work, you know, like and the people feel that, you know, and uh, I just think that we just we had a blast out there, and I think that really came through good on camera, and really um, I think we made the most of it. You know, could have been a lo- could could it have been a longer run, of course, but you know we. Uh, that's just stuff that we can't control sometimes, you know, and I, I do think it had more legs to it when it was all said and done, but sometimes you can only control so much, you know, and then uh, what's in the office's hand is in the office's hand. You could put your two cents in, you know, to a degree, but at the end of the day, it's not our final decision, you know? So, oh, definitely. And, yeah. I, and I think that, I think you guys definitely served your purpose. And I think that you guys definitely left a mark because Vince ended up bringing you back. So, I mean, um, at at the end of the day, I mean, I mean, we'll get into that, the, the second run a little bit later, but, um, I, you know, when I first heard your guys' entrance music and stuff, I would have never thought, I mean, and and I'm not taking anything away from Dolph Ziggler because he's, he's great. He's a fantastic wrestler. And I still believe to this day that he's super underrated, Mm -hmm. but, um, if you would have asked me when the spirit squad was around, who was going to make it out of that group, I would have picked you just because of the just just because of that um that spark that you had just on the entrance theme alone you know when they're they're announcing their names you know Kenny and mm-hmm. you know every and then when you came on Mikey like yeah <laughs> i just thought that you popped the most you know what i mean and and i and out of everybody that i was you know when you guys came on the on the Titan Tron and your music hit I was always repeating the Mikey part, you know, Mikey like, <laughs> as a younger guy, because I just, I thought that that popped more to me. So it, it, you know, in my opinion, I just, I never thought that it would have been just Dolph Ziggler's stick. I thought they would have figured out something for everybody. Kenny was amazing as well. So I'm not going to like take anything away from him either. 
Um, but you three to me shined mm-hmm. out of the entire spirit squad. And I'm, you know, I, I'm not trying to disrespect anybody else. That's just kind of what I got as a, as a younger, you know, generation fan that when I was watching it, that's, you know, what I took out of it was, um, the entertainment value of watching you guys come out. The, the over the top smile that you would always produce was just classic to me. I mean, it was always having me laugh. And, um, I think that was one of the first times that, you know, cause you guys were playing heels, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the first times that I was popping for a heel and Dolph Ziggler would come out and do something like that. You know what I mean? It was just a lot of fun. And I would have never guessed that Ziggler was the only one to, um, stick around as long as he did. Yeah, man. It's, it's interesting how sometimes how things work, you know? Um, but yeah, no, and I appreciate the compliments. Thank you very much. I mean, honestly, from my standpoint, I was just going out there and just being me and I was having fun. You know, they say the best, uh, wrestling characters, personalities, whatever you want to call it, is just yourself turned up, you know? And, uh, I felt like the spirit squad gave me that platform where I could just kind of go out there and be myself. And then, but just enhanced me times 20, you know, I'm always a very happy, uh, uh, I mean, I'm an energetic guy to, to default, you know, with a personality, you know, and I was just able to go out there and just express that. And that's, uh, it's just kind of like what I did, you know, it did, uh, it didn't feel like a struggle out there, so to speak. Like I didn't have to pull teeth to pull the gimmick off, you know, it was just kind of go out there and just, and just be me. And, um, but yeah, I always, I thought it's funny, man, because like, I think we all brought something to the table with that with that gimmick, you know? And I think I'm, and I got to go back to OVW too, like, uh, you know, that chemistry factor that we all had as a team, you know? Um, and we wrestle each other with each other, uh, uh, you know, on the same team so many times prior before the Spirit Squad down at OVW. And Johnny Jeter was doing his thing down there. Um, Ziggler was doing his own thing down there. Same with Kenny and me and, you know, we've just been able to create create this relationship between us uh, at OVW. So it was almost like, it wasn't like we went to Raw or WWE and it was like the first time we were meeting each other, you know? We had a lot of history before that. So it was just like second nature from the start. And we just have to be able to go out Definitely. there and just do our thing, you know? Uh, a couple fine, you know, fine tune it at the beginning a little bit. But then once we got our niche down, you know, we were off for the ride. So it was good. That's cool, man. I, so I apologize for this, but I can't remember if you guys ever had like your own singles opportunities in WWE. Was it always tag team or, um, I, I just can't think that far um, back. No, it's okay. Um, well, like we, we were always a faction as the spirit squad, but like, uh, you know, there was times, and I think this is the question you're asking, but there was times when we had tag matches and there was times when we had singles matches uh, Kenny wrestled uh, Triple H and John Cena in a singles match a couple times. Um, me and Kenny were uh, we won the tag team titles against Kane at Big Show the night after WrestleMania 22. In oh, that's right, that's right, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, we did a little angle after DX with the Legends, and uh, we were uh, most notably Ric Flair. And uh, you know, we all took a turn wrestling Ric Flair in a singles match on Raw. You know, and that was really cool. I had a that's one of my favorite matches actually. I, I think it was might have been my only singles match as the squad when I was up there at the time. I have to think back. That's but, a pretty memorable match to have, man. You know what I mean? Great, even it, yeah, 
it, even if it was only one, I mean, Ric Flair. <laughs> oh yeah. It's dude. pretty, pretty great experience. He's awesome. And, and we wrestled him and Roddy Piper so many times. And, and that's just a whole other uh, topic right there, but just such great invaluable experience that we got, you know, and uh, something that I still don't, I don't take for granted. I, and I knew at the time I'm like, man, not a lot of guys get this kind of opportunity, you know, so I better just really be a sponge and soak up as much knowledge as I can and uh, just embrace this chance here. But it was it was awesome working with them. And I'm, I'm happy that the match at Flair and I is on YouTube, actually, because like, I'll even go back and watch it every now and then just because, like you said, like, you know, Ric Flair is like one of the greatest of all time, you know, he's a legend. So just to be able to have that and uh, I think really cool and uh, grateful for that. Yeah, social media is a blessing nowadays, man. You get to go back and relive a lot of stuff, and especially oh, yeah. the WWE network, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people give WWE flack, but um, I'm extremely grateful for the WWE network. If it ever went away, I would be heartbroken because I love watching the old stuff. Um, I don't I don't necessarily follow the new stuff as much as I probably should nowadays, but mm-hmm. um them were the glory days. You know what I mean? I always say the WWE shine the best around and I, and this is, this is kind of, uh, you know, objective, but I, you know, I always thought the WWE shined the best around about 2003 to about 2015 to 16. Okay. Um, they just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I've been watching WWE since like, you know, obviously WWF days back in, you know, WrestleMania three, um, Andre Hogan and, you know, um, I was born in 87. So, um, uh, my brother raised me to watch wrestling. I was watching wrestling the day I was born, uh, on his lap Hell yeah. and I don't know, I don't know what stuck. Um, but it just never went away. As far as I can remember, I've always been into wrestling. Um, and then just recently I got into, um, all the independent leagues. So mm-hmm. I've, I've spoke about this before on a couple of the podcasts that, um, about three years ago, um, I give all the credit to, um, a company that's kind of local to me. It's, it's about 40 minutes away, but I still like to call it local and it's a prestige wrestling. Okay. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't know, um, that independent was that big of a thing around the Pacific Northwest where I'm at, um, until prestige wrestling came around. And then I realized that we had like four different companies around here and, kind of upsetting to be honest. Like I, I've always wanted to get into the wrestling business, but I didn't know that, that there were such things around me as such as wrestling schools and <laughs> all this fun stuff that I could have learned from, you know what I mean? Like even if it wasn't like a wrestler, I mean, I'm 33 now it's a little late to get in the game, but I would still love to go to a wrestling school to like referee or anything to be a part of the show, man. It'd just be so fun. Well, Hey man, but, don't, don't, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, I just want to yeah. say like, don't, don't sell yourself short, you know, like, you know, if you're 33 and, and it's your dream and it's something that you've always had a passion for, which is just by talking to you, you know, the last few days and here on here now, it seems like you do, you know, I, I, I'd say go for it, man, you know, um, at least give, give it a shot, you know, and, and you just never know the opportunities that can come out for it, you know. Um, well, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, man, totally. Like um, DDP, you know, Diamond Dallas Page, he didn't start until he was 35, you know, and look at the career he had, you know, from WCW yeah. that went on to WWE and now he's got his TDP yoga program and just a household name, you know? So, yeah, um, definitely. you know, it's, yeah, that's now that you have, uh, they say knowledge is power. So now that you have the knowledge, uh, that, that it's out there, you know, uh, go for it. You know, I mean, 
definitely don't like, I mean, uh, quit your day job, like just, you know, but like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. you know, because, uh, cause I always tell people it's always good to have a backup plan, you know, just in case, uh, you know, things don't work out. You have something to fall well, back 100%, on. Well, 100%, 100%. But, you know, it's one of those things that you just keep doing what you're doing in, in life and then do this also. And then if it works out for you, you're able to quit your day job and you just never know what could come up. You, know, you never know until you try. That, that's my whole point. Definitely, man. Well, you know, uh, yeah. word through the grapevine, I guess there is a uh, wrestling school about to come to town. Um, they're in the works of it. And if it happens, man, I mean, I'll be the first one to sign up definitely. And, you know, it, even if I, even if I don't make it, I mean, I never really care too much about doing that as a living, but just to, just to kind of, just to get the experience, you know what I mean? And have fun doing something that I've always yeah. uh, loved to do or watch, I guess I never did it, but <laughs> just yeah. backyard wrestling kind of stuff, you know, as you're a kid, I think everybody, every wrestling fan has kind of been through that phase where they're beating mm-hmm. the crap out of each other in their backyard and doing getting injuries they shouldn't be <laughs> absolutely and that, that's how it all uh began for me you know i just i got into it because it's something i always loved and had a passion for and uh you know i had a dream to you know my long-term goals or whatever but i just kind of let the the journey takes take its course and uh the wrestling business is it's very funny and interesting because you just never know when uh you know you're gonna get that next break or that opportunity um i mean that's what happened uh Oh God, that's what happened when, uh, in 2016, when we had our second run, you know, like totally came out of left field. I mean, me and Kenny were just doing our normal deal on the independence and, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, we were just having just matches like in the States and stuff and do a couple overseas things here every now and then. But then I remember I just got out of my, uh, it was at my cousin's baby shower, you know, and all of a sudden I get a text from Dolph and he's like, Hey, Kfay, man, but the office is going to call to see if you want to see if you can come to tv this tuesday and i'm like what you know what i mean like okay you know like just never would have expected wow. you know but then that's how it happened boom we go to tv and then just one thing left after another it was like a domino effect so well let's 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 uh get back to this but i want to know um so after your first run mm-hmm. um with with the spirit squad and stuff how, how did that go down when when did they decide that um you know, we're just going to move in a different direction. We're not going to do the spirit squad anymore. And then what did you, um, you and the rest of the squad decide to do after WWE was all through with? Yeah. So pretty much like we, we were told that it's kind of going to come to an end, you know, at some point we just didn't know when it was going to happen. Um, and it was kind of, I think it was one of those things where it was kind of like, on a week-to-week basis towards the end, you know? And then I remember when we got the TV, it was like, all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. This is it, you know? And then we had, a, I want to say it was like a six-man tag match. It was uh, DX and Flair against us five, or I should say handicap match. But yeah, so um, that was the end of it. And then the future plan after that was, uh, it was for Kenny to go on his own as a heel, it was for Johnny to go on his own as a baby face. And then it was uh, me and Ziggler as a tag team with Mitch. So that was pretty much uh, how it was supposed to go. And then uh, I think Kenny went on after that and did his a little deal with Rated RKO, I want to say, uh, as a heel. Um, Jeter actually ended up leaving, I want to say. He actually, uh, his contract was up and just decided it was time for him to move on. 
And then me and Ziggler, we went back down to OVW uh, to develop metal to kind of repackage ourselves, Mitch. And we were actually doing uh, the frat pack. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that. It was kind of like, uh, uh, man, like uh, a, uh, let's say sorority. That's girls, though. It was a uh, so fraternity. There you go. Fraternity gimmick. And um, okay. No, yeah. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, very short-lived, but it was something that we tried to do. And, um, and Mitch, I want to say, he got let go. And I don't know the reasons why, but he just did. Um, and actually, out of the whole group, he's the only guy I really, don't really keep in touch with anymore. And I kind of like, I'm curious to see what he's up to. I have no idea what he's doing. But um, anyway, long story short, that was the plan. And then um, around that time is when FCW opened up uh, Florida Championship Wrestling. And then uh, Mike Bucci, Nova, was actually the head of devel developmental at the time. He took over, uh, I want to say, Tommy Dreamer's position. And um, when FCW opened up, that's when uh, we got the call from him to see if we would move down to Florida uh, to be with FCW because we just spent so much time at OVW, you know, at that point. And it would be just a good little refresher, you know, to work with new people and be under some different trainers. That's when we worked under Dr. Tom Pritchard and Steve Kern and Billy Kidman. And uh, so that's when our... Uh, our career kind of took a turn. We went from Louisville. So it was WWE back to Louisville, then from Louisville to Tampa to work for FCW. And then when we got to FCW, it was uh, kind of like starting over again from the ground up. I think uh, they had interest in seeing Ziggler as a singles guy. So that's when I went, you know, it just things changed and happened all the time from a creative aspect. So uh, that's kind of how things ended up from there. That makes sense. Wow, man. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. There's a lot there. <laughs> no, no, that's all right, man. Yeah. That's all right. That's what we're here for. You know what I mean? We we enjoy these stories and yeah. um, we're, we're here to hear your side of the story. You know what I mean? Less talk for me and more talk from the guests. Like that's, I, I want these stories to get out there. Sure. So um, when, when you were in FCW, is there any, any moments that stick out in your mind that you accomplished in there or? Um. FCW here. Let's see. Well, I mean, uh, I was actually asked to be a trainer down there as well. Um, it's funny because like um, throughout my whole wrestling career, you know, uh, obviously I'm, I'm a performer, but it always seemed like that training wrestlers as well, like kind of always filled in the gaps uh, as my career went on, you know, like I never expected to be a wrestling trainer down at OVW. And then I was offered that opportunity, you know, so I took it because I just love the business and enjoy giving back and everything. And uh, it's fun for me, you know, and then when I went to FCW, a very similar case happened there. Um, there was so many guys down there and this place was just getting started. So I remember when I first went down there, it wasn't even like, I mean, it was up and running, but like, just the difference between OVW and FCW then was night and day, you know, like um, FCW, it almost looked like uh, a, a large Sam's club, you know, <laughs> um, just stuff like all over the place, you know, big warehouse. Um, but obviously they uh, put the money and the work into it and they really made it into something nice and uh, like a really good uh, facility. But yeah, that's something that really sticks out in my brain is that uh, there were so many people down there. And I remember Dr. Tom called me aside and he's like, hey, uh, it was mostly Dr. Tom running the show. Uh, you know, Steve Kerr was a lot on doing the stuff on the business side. And, uh, you know, he just needed an extra hand, you know, because there was just a lot of guys that were green down there and not a lot of experience. So he needed someone to uh, 
kind of teach the fundamentals to a fair amount of people, you know? So um, I took on that job and that was always a great time. I, my schedule was full, obviously, but I mean, I didn't mind it. I just loved doing it and um, just kind of make myself just invaluable. You know, uh, I, in wrestling, I, I, something I really take pride in is just kind of learning how to do everything, you know? Um, obviously, I know how to wrestle. Um, I, I'm, I like to consider myself a really good trainer, you know, that teaches people the right way, the safe way. Um, also, um, I've taken down a ring hundreds of times. I've put up a ring hundreds and thousands of times. Uh, even had a little, uh, just learn how to referee, you know, just kind of do everything. And, um, yeah, you know, I just had a lot of great matches. I've worked with a lot of new guys down there. Ted DiBiase Jr., was a, a guy that I really had a lot of great matches with down there. Uh, no, that's cool, man. Yeah, and still friends with him to this day. Uh, he's just a great person, great family. Um, that's great. Yeah, I, I uh, trained his brother, Brett Tibiasi. Uh He was down there for a while, uh, so I got to see him grow and uh, as a performer. I'm not sure if he's still wrestling anymore, but uh, had some good matches with Sheamus. He was down there. Uh, Johnny Curtis, who's Fandango now, uh, had a lot of good matches with him. Um, just a lot of good people in general, you know, I was trying to make the most of it when I was down there. So it was cool. But uh, obviously the whole, the whole aspiration to get back on the road, hopefully one day, you know? So, well, and then that day came, you know what I mean? They called you back and, Mm -hmm. um, how, how was that? How was that experience going back in the locker room and meeting some of the talent that you got to work with in FCW and now, you know what I mean? Their, their main, uh, spot on WWE. How was that? Yeah, man, it was, uh, it was awesome. It was, it it felt really good just to be back under those lights, you know, uh, it's really funny and interesting. This may, this may sound very like deep, you know, but like, just like the little things, just like the atmosphere, just the smell when you get out there, you know what I mean? Just how clean the canvas is, like, uh, how tight the ropes are, you know what I mean? Just to be under the big stage again, like it was just really, really cool. But, uh, I hold that run close to me. And uh, I mean, this is personal to me, but, uh, you know, I'll share it with you. You know, it's that uh, my uh, my mom was actually, uh, she was dying of cancer. And, um, you know, my mom was always, she was like my biggest fan, you know. And uh, she knew that I always wanted to get back and that, you know, be in that, uh, under those lights again. And, uh, you know, she was going through this time. And then, um, you know, it was really cool for me to get that run around that time again because like it gave uh gave her the opportunity to actually go and see me live one more time in that atmosphere in wwe you know before she passed away uh, that's so, amazing man uh, yeah like that was like something that really just sticks out to me and, and just uh really grateful that i had that uh that run for that reason you know and that she was able to see me do what i love and uh, be there live nonetheless because ironically there was a show uh, I mean, we did the West Coast, I think, for a, for a good amount of that loop. But then we did, a, I think, a New Jersey show. So we were local. And she was able to go and see me perform, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's just something that I just hold close to me. And I'm just really grateful for that run for that reason. Well, that's uh, that definitely touches home for myself as well. Um, um, so the brother that I told you um, had me you know, watching wrestling since I was born. Um, he actually, I actually lost him to cancer as well. Oh, it was, a, it was, a, it was a second battle with cancer and actually, um, he, so he, he took me to my first WWE events. I went to my first raw 
with him in my first SmackDown. And then um, he surprised me out of nowhere with tickets to WrestleMania 19 in Seattle. And uh, here on the podcast, we're actually going to be covering WrestleMania 19 the following week after we release this. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I realize, you know, uh, doing a podcast, you kind of got to release what the people want, but sometimes you just got to be selfish, you know what I mean? And do, do what, um, is close to your heart. And that event right there was really close to my heart because that was the first WrestleMania that I got to share with him. We ended up going to WrestleMania 24 as well, because I won a tournament with, um, the SmackDown versus raw video games. Oh, I explained cool. that in the, in the Brian Williams podcast, but yeah, I, I won a tournament and I, I thought it was completely fake and I <laughs> didn't think that I, you know what I mean? I thought, I thought it was a scam or something. And, um, as, as soon as, um, Brian Williams told me that, um, no, your, your flight ticket to Orlando is, is sitting at the airport. And when I went and checked and sure enough, it was there, I was, beyond happy. And there was only one person I was going to take. And that was my brother to repay him for taking me to my first WrestleMania. So we're going to be covering that on, yeah. um, following awesome, yeah. week. Yeah. So, you know, and, uh, we just lost him a couple of years ago and this was his second battle with cancer. So it definitely touches home that, um, you know what I mean? You, your mom was battling that and she got to see you, um, do what you love. And, uh, that's amazing to me, dude. Um, it's like I said, it's very personal. Um, it definitely connects with me because I, I've kind of shared the same, same feelings and, uh, yeah, man, it's just, uh, something close to me, man. And that's, that's really cool. It's a, it's a blessing that she got to see you in the WWE one more time. And I, I can't, I can't, I'm, I can't explain how excited I was to see you guys back on SmackDown. I mean, <laughs> when they brought you guys back, I, I was so happy. I was like, no way, you know, they, they, yeah. they brought, you know, K Kenny and Mike back, you know, and <laughs> I, was, yeah, I was super excited. I, I wish it would have went a little longer, but you know, it's just oh. the way business goes, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, just to kind of touch on that a little bit more, uh, you know, actually uh, it was longer than we expected. And um, I mean, I'll just share this with you real quick. It was, uh, you know, when they, when they called us back, it was actually just supposed to be a one-off and, uh, like there was, uh, Dolph was working with the Miz and then I think they were just going to do the deal where, you know, I got your, you know, some old friends for you and here we come, you know? And then, um, I think it just, it got such a reaction and that, uh, the people, uh, backstage were like just impressed on how the segment went. They were like, um, it kind of turned a one off into like three months almost, you know? And it was like, okay, well that went really good. Let's, let's bring them back this week, you know? And then, um, I remember we did, it was like a, I think it was a six man tag. And, uh, one of the writers, which I don't even think, I mean, I, he must've been new there because like, I don't think he remembered us back. Like we were up there like, you know, 10 years prior to that, but he's like, wow, you know, I really like the gimmick and I, I like what you guys are doing out there. You know, I kind of want to do a little something with the tag champs now, you know, kind of like, so we did our, <laughs> we, we did our thing with Dolph and now we were, they we wanted to do a different angle now with the tag champs and, and this is what me and Kenny are starting to think, like, shit, man, you know, we might get, we get our jobs back here now. This is great, you know? And um, so, um, but yeah, just like one week, it's supposed to be a one-off, long story short. But then, like, you know, just, all right, let's bring back next week. Oh, let's bring back for the pay-per-view. Oh, the pay that went really good with the pay-per-view. Let's, let's bring, you know? And it was just one of those yeah. things where it spiraled week after week after week. And then, um, and then I guess just, I guess when they thought enough was enough, that was it. But, uh yeah. Did they ever talk about bringing Ziggler back into the fold with you guys or? Uh, no, they didn't, man. And this is, you know, it's just, 
this is funny and this is just how wrestling is sometimes, but like our last show there, uh, I want to say it was like a, it was some crazy match. It was like a 16-man tag team match. It was the first ever type of match I've ever been involved in. <laughs> um, I remember there was like literally no move, no room to move on the ring apron. You know, there was so, oh, no. there was so many bodies. But um, no, that was it, man. You know, we just, uh, there was no talks of bringing him back in with us. It was just, we did that TV and then uh, that was it, man. We just never got a call after that, you know. I mean, I understand that's just how the business works, you know. Uh, we weren't on the contract, you know. We thought we had a good shot at getting our jobs back and we were hoping for that, you know. Uh, kind of got a little tease, so to speak, you know. And we've been active, you know, ever since. Uh, before we got that call, so we like we were ready to go. You know, we were looking good. We were confident in our work. Um, to this day, I feel like me and Ken are one of the best tag teams out there. Um, Some may argue you guys that. killed it when you guys got back, man. Like I, I don't know why they didn't keep you as a tag. I don't know what it is about WWE. It's one thing that I can't stand about that company is that they just they they cannot commit to tag team. I yeah. I don't know why. But um, you guys were killing it when you came back. I thought you guys looked better than ever. Um, you were definitely fitting in there. I think that when you guys came back, they still had uh, American Alpha, if I do believe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, tag team was was blowing up in WWE at that time. That like they were bringing tag teams up from NXT. They had the Usos. They had you guys. They had the New Day. So, I mean, yeah. I, I just don't know why you guys couldn't fit in the fold there. I I. Don't know why WWE decides to pull the trigger on a storyline and then keep it for a couple of months. It's, it just yeah. sucks for us fans to to watch that. I just felt there was a lot more to see from you guys. Yeah, man. Oh, Jesse, when you get the answers to that, let me know, man, because I I, I don't know either, <laughs> brother. I really don't. And and you're right because it was a time when I think they wanted to reboom the tag team division, you know, and it looked like it was going that route. Um, you know, I know they wanted to create more tag teams and. Uh, because I think then it almost seemed like a lot of the teams before that, they were just kind of spiraling two singles guys and just putting it together as a team. But there was no real, like, tag teams, you know? Like Legion of yeah. Doom, Demolition, Rock and Roll Express, you know? And then uh, we're like, all right, sweet. So this is, like, the timing part, you know? Like, they need tag teams. And, uh, like, me and Ken, like, together combined, we have – oh, man, I mean, I've been doing this 18 years. He's been doing it like 21 years. So I mean, we have over 30 years experience combined. Like, do put us in that category of like veterans of the business, you know? And um, I, I do. I really feel like we're like a special team where like, you know, uh, we always do like what's best for the match. You know, we, uh, we work for the match. We know how to uh, enhance people's strengths and hide their weaknesses. Um, we can work with anybody. You know, I can say that confidently, uh, regardless of the experience level. You know, I just think we're a, a great team that uh, would fit in on any part of the roster or any company. You know what I mean? And um, just do what's best for business. Like, we understand business. You know, sometimes it's not about going out there and having the best match. Yes, you want to do the best job you possibly can, but sometimes, you know, people certain business qualities need to get over in certain scenarios. Like we need this team to look strong. Okay. Well, you know, we're not going to be selfish. If this is the business of what you want, we're going to go out there and we're going to make them look like a million bucks because we can make anybody look good. You know, that's just, that's just what we do. And we're just confident in our abilities. Um, and then vice versa. If it's our time to get over, we know how to get, get, get ourselves over, you know? And, uh, 
yeah, and I think that's just credit to our, our history, you know, um, just from WWE and working with people that we work with. Uh, very blessed to work with guys uh, that have been around so much longer than us, like Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, you know, and the list goes on, you know. And then uh, just before that, our experience in OVW, you know, just working hard and being the best uh, performers that we could possibly be. Yeah, man. I mean, I I would love to see you guys back. Um, unfortunately, the run ended a lot sooner, like I said, than I would have liked to have seen it. But um, fortunately, you know, for wrestlers nowadays, the great it's a great time to be a wrestler. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. There's tons of companies out there. And uh, um, once this pandemic crap is over, you know what I mean? Hopefully you guys can get some work elsewhere. You know what I mean? They got a AEW out there. I mean, I'd really like to see you guys back in WWE just because I thought that you guys brought that something special to WWE that we needed. Um, I don't know if people will disagree with me on that, but, um, personally, that's how I felt. Um, that second run was great. I thought it worked really good as a tag team rather than, you know, as many people as you had in the group before mm-hmm. on the first go around. Um, I mean, even if they didn't bring you back as a, as a spirit squad, you got you and Kenny are both great workers, and I'm sure they could have figured out something else for you guys to do. I mean, I I just really want to see WWE um, thrive in the tag team division uh, more than they are today, and you know we can just hope that that's the case for the future. Um, but if not, you know, you always got AEW. Is that possibly crossed uh, you and Kenny's mind? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know. Um... Like we always, we always say we're the hottest free agents out there right now, you know, because I just think right now, uh, you know, not taking anything away from anybody else, but there's just a lot of like, you know, a lot of younger talent out there. And I just think that there's nobody out there like Kenny and myself that have the experience that what we bring to the table, you know, I think that separates us uh, from, from a lot of people, if not most people, you know, um, not only do you bring the the in ring talent, but you guys bring the charisma, and yeah. I think that's really needed in professional wrestling nowadays. I mean, the in ring talent is is booming right now. I mean, every, everybody's doing great in the in ring talent. I mean, if you ask me about what I think could be better, it'd probably be selling a little more and telling me a little bit more story in the ring. But other than that, like the the in ring um, skill is there. Um, but the entertainment factor is kind of lacking in professional wrestling. And I think that's, what's kind of turning fans off from professional wrestling nowadays. And you guys bring that to the table in my opinion. Oh, definitely. And, um, just to kind of top off on that, but yeah, like I just keep going back to that experience level, you know what I mean? Um, I've mean, got 30 plus years of experience combined and, uh, I do agree. You know, I think a lot of the matches today, it's just a lot of action. And it's good action. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's some stuff that they do on TV that I'm just like, damn, you know what I mean? Like, that's some pretty, yeah. amazing, it's pretty amazing stuff, you know? But it's, you, you just said it before, Jesse, it's it's the selling part. It's the, the psychology part. It's, okay, what they did there was great, but if they would have just did that in this part of the match instead, I just think it would have told so much more better of a story and that the reaction would have you know, exactly. Like yeah. Much. It's, and I it's think, just missing the storytelling. Yeah. And I think that's where Ken and I really come in, you know, um, one of my proudest matches and, uh, it's actually was for, uh, 
wasn't long ago. It was only a couple of years ago. But we wrestled the Young Bucks, and we wrestled the main event um, at for Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore Promotion in Australia. And, oh, wow. Uh, and I'm sure you know the Young Bucks, right? Tremendous talent. Oh, of course, of course. Awesome, awesome. And and they're great, you know? And uh, we had we had a, a few great matches with them. We worked them once in Ring of Honor, and then we uh, wrestled them a few times for Tommy's House of Hardcore Promotion. But uh, the thing that makes me most proud about this match is that um, uh, the, the Bucks, they – they got to the show uh, a little late because uh, I guess because of travel. I don't know if you've ever been to Australia, but it's a really really long flight. And um, so they they got to the to the show like you know a little late, but we had to like put something together. You know what I mean? Because we were uh, you know good thing we were on like late in the card, but you know we had a match that night. So um, me and Ken, we were like, all right, we'll make it easy for them. You know, we'll just we'll come up with a, a match, and then you know if they want to change anything, then we'll, we'll change it. But at least we'll have something, you know, to kind of present to them, you know, they make, make it a little easier for them with their travel and everything. And uh, they were down with everything that we wanted to do. And um, but, but my point is what makes me proud about that match is we took everything that they did. And I just, I really love just uh, the art that we put into that match, just the storytelling, how our whole philosophy is, is that they do a lot of great stuff, but let's like, not kill any of their stuff like for example when i say kill some of their stuff is they might hit us with a combo here and a combo there and then one two we kick out well if i kicked out of five or six of those moves well, what does that really make those moves mean it doesn't really make it mean anything nothing because i kicked out right but yeah. just the way we told uh, it was about a 25 minute match and just the way we told that story throughout the match where we started small and then the uh analogy that i like to give is we'll give them the fourth of july fest at the end you know what i mean where we just get all their shit in you know what i mean but the way we do it is they'll blow their comeback on us boom 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 you know they hit a false finish on us one two kenny would make the save uh kenny would make the save but they would move kenny would hit me and then do another round boom 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 cover one two i would try to make the save kenny would move i would hit kenny so it's not necessarily like we're killing their stuff, if that makes sense. We're keeping no, that, yeah, keeping perfect that, sense. Keeping that flow going, keeping that flow going, and then the big super kick party to their big, uh, what do they call it, Meltzer driver? There you go, and then it just the way it culminated, and just the way the people responded when we got them at the highest at the end, and then that was the finish. It just was like, wow, all right, that that worked. You know, you just you know, you know when you have a good match, and you know when you could have done better. We thought that was a, a very good match, and uh, yeah. And kudos to the Bucks, man. They're they're awesome, and they're a great tag team. And I would love to have a match with them on, you know, that AEW type platform, you know, in, in the future. Because I just don't. I mean, they have great matches with everybody, but I really thought we had just that really good chemistry, you know, and that we could really do some some cool stuff in, in the future if, if if it presents itself. Well, I sure hope it presents itself, man. Like, uh, like I told Micah Taylor, I, I would love to see no, nothing more would warm my heart than to see, um, you know, you, Kenny, Micah Taylor, uh, Tracy Taylor, all back in, on a promotion that's going to give them the platform that they need to strive, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's there today. You know what I mean? As soon as this is all done and we can get back to television tapings, we can, you know, we can get back to live crowds. 
all that stuff. Um, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's the, it's the perfect time to be a wrestler. It's the perfect time to be a wrestling fan. There's just so much content to consume from, you know, NWA, ROH, Impact, uh, AEW, WWE. It doesn't really matter what you're watching as long as you're enjoying it. I don't really um, subscribe to the whole promotion versus promotion, which promotion's better, which promotion does this, what, you know, it, it's, it's all about what you enjoy as a wrestling fan. Like what, what are you missing in one promotion that you can, you can achieve in the next. And um, for me that WWE provides that, like when it comes to storytelling or something like that, when it comes to in-ring psychology, as you were talking about um, it, it's great, it, it's great content, but when it comes to the more athletic wrestling and, you know, the stuff that the young bucks do and, you know, the Lucha brothers and, you know, the list goes on, man. Uh, the talent in AEW is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, there, there's still a lot of stuff that they need to learn. Um, but who am I to say that? I mean, as a fan, I, there's a lot of stuff that I would like to see, I guess, in the in AEW that that is missing from the storytelling aspect. But, um, you know, I'm just a fan. So, <laughs> I mean, I ain't got... You well, know, just to kind of like give you an analogy, just kind of what you were talking about. It's, it's like wrestling's like ice cream, you know. Uh, you know, yeah, some people like vanilla, some people like chocolate, Rocky Road, strawberry, but at the end of the day, it's it's wrestling. So it's like, what flavor do you just like best, you know? And the products exactly. out there, uh, that's what that's what they give you, you know. So for sure, man, totally agree with you. One one thing that I love about um, what's going on in, AD, in AEW is um, they. So back in the Monday Night Wars, you know, you had the WCW Nitro versus the WWE Raw or WWF Raw. It didn't matter what time you were watching it. But so WWF Raw, uh, WCW Nitro, I always loved that darker feel kind of to what Nitro brought to the table as compared to when you watch Monday Night Raw, you would get this much more lighted um, arena, much edgier, more edgier. It, yes, yes. But then when you went to Nitro, you got that in your face. Um, they kind of made it real, didn't they? Like um, back in the day, it just felt more real. But when you look back on it now as a fan, because I was watching WCW Nitro when I was a little younger, obviously. Um, when I when I watch back on it now, I'm just like, man, this, this wrestling is terrible. Like um, I don't understand how these guys beat WWE for 83 weeks, but it was the storytelling. That's what beat them is the storytelling that they were producing. Mm -hmm. AEW brings that to me that with that, that TNT vibe with the, with the darker edgier kind of feel to it, but they're also missing the storytelling in the ring, mm -hmm. but their, their promos are great. Their athletes are amazing. Um, it, it, it's just all a perspective on, you know, and an opinion on what you feel is, is, you know, your style, like you said, you know, um, some people like chocolate, some people like strawberry. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it, it comes all down to that. Um, but that's, that's, what's the thing, you know, a lot of these internet fans have kind of ruined wrestling for a lot of us because they, they just complain so much about every product. And it's like, look, man, if you don't like something about this product, there is tons of other products out there to watch. I mean, it just all depends on what you watch. Don't put down wrestling as a whole because there's something on WWE you don't like, or there's something on AEW you don't like, or ROH and so yeah. forth and so forth. Yeah. Um, you know, what's funny about that is the people that just complain and stuff. And, and honestly, like social media, like that's what, 
it gives people that platform to voice their opinion. And, and that's good to, uh, you know, to an extent. But it's funny, like those people, like even though they'll complain, they'll always come back and watch again. You know what I mean? Every, every week. Every, <laughs> every week. week. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's, like, it's like they watch the product just to complain about it. It's like, look, if you've had enough, you've had enough to stop watching it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's plenty of other products to watch. I mean, yeah. I get it and I've been guilty of it myself. You know, I complain a lot about what, w- oh man, WWE should have done this. But at the same time, it's like mm-hmm. – y- y- we we as fans don't know what goes into these products, such as sponsorships, such as you know what I mean, in any sort of um, advocacy or or anything like that. That they're doing things for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not a billionaire who runs a billion dollar corporation, so who am I to say that this is wrong booking? I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they got going on with their sponsorships or USA network or Fox network or TNT network. You know, like it's, it, it, there's a lot that go into that. And we, as fans just don't take that into consideration. We just immediately take to social media and say, this is crap. We don't like it, change it. And you know, it, it, wrestling has, I, I really believe that the internet has ruined the product for millions of people watching. I mean, the ratings show that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, and that's true. Like you said it perfectly. Like uh, people only see like what they just see on their television screen, you know. But there's so much like behind that we don't really see. You know what I mean? That whatever decision that they're making is just for reasons that we just don't know about. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, the internet—it's definitely—it's. I think it's changed the game. You know of of just wrestling today you know uh i mean back in the day you know i mean there was uh there was always the behind the scenes stuff it's just not as extreme as it is today where you can just google and it'll come right up on your uh you know your monitor you know back in the day they had like the wrestling observer newsletters and everything that you actually had to pay to get like a a newspaper or like you know what i mean and that would give you like the results or something so it's it's interesting and it's, it's always been around. It's just never been around to the extreme as it is today, you know? But, right. I, I remember going to the library um, when like, cause I didn't get every WCW pay-per-view. Obviously, you know, my, my mom was paying for any pay-per-view that I was purchasing back in the, the Monday night wars area or era, uh, you know, and it's just, um, I remember going to the library cause I didn't have a computer or internet as a kid. And, Uh, I remember going to the library and checking out results and that was as far as the internet went for me, man. Like I just wanted to know what happened on last night's batch bash at the beach or, (laughs) you know what I mean? If I I didn't, if I didn't catch it, I just want to see the results. Like what happened? So, so I know what happened before nitro comes on, you know what I mean? Or, or something like that. I mean, for the most part, my parents were super cool and um, I was able to get a lot of the pay-per-views and, uh, I thinking back on it now, I mean, I feel terrible for my parents and I should probably pay them back a lot of money because lots of, lots of 29 99 pay-per-views that they purchased for me or WrestleMania, you know what I mean? Right. But they were so supportive of, of what I, you know, what I liked. And, um, I, I'm definitely wasn't, you know, I wasn't a spoiled kid, but I wasn't left in the cold either. You know, my, my parents took care of me. So I was, I was able to, um, consume the content that I wanted and they were fully supportive of it. And that, you know, that brings me back to my brother, um, my late brother. And 
you know, it, it, it's, it's him that I have to thank for, for my love for wrestling, man. Like he, if he was alive today, I mean, he stopped watching wrestling even years before he died. I, I think I remember the, the final WrestleMania he watched was when the Miz won the world title and he was so pissed off that he just wanted nothing to do with it. But I was a Miz. That's awesome. I was a Miz. I was a Miz fan at the time, so yeah, I was like, no, no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And he didn't get this generation of wrestling, so we're, like, you know, awesome. he was he was all stuck in kayfabe. You know what I mean? If they're a heel, we ain't rooting for him. You know, I love <laughs> type that. of thing. Hell yeah, you know? more people like that, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's like so a lot of art today. <laughs> it, it it is, it is, it is. And I was just explaining this to my wife because she's a casual wrestling fan, and I I'm still trying to get her into AEW. And, um, she, she loves WWE and uh, I have another friend who's actually one of my co-hosts. He's going to be, um, he, he's on the Starcade episode that we'll be releasing as, as soon as we can get time to record this crap. But, um, he, he's, he's not a casual fan, but he is like straight to the heart, all WWE, man. Just he, he, he argues with me every week about what's better on NXT compared to AEW and, and that's how my wife is. So, except I, for my I like wife, that, though, I like that because I think that's what's like. I think that's what's back now. Like uh, that was missing like five, ten years ago. You know, because um, there was no competition anymore. You know, I remember when, yeah. I, when I was in high school. Like, the, I was like, I was the wrestling guy in high school. You know, I was, uh, I was in the, I was in the friend zone. You know, with the ladies, but I was the wrestling guy. Like, if there was something that people wanted to know about wrestling, like I was the popular guy. You know, and I remember every month. That's how I felt in school too. <laughs> yeah, man, totally right. And then like, so like Monday would, uh, Tuesday would come. No, first, I'm sorry, Monday would come. And it was like, all right, what's going to go down tonight? You know what I would like, you know, I would be the expert. Like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? And then Tuesday, it was just a big discussion. Like, oh, did you watch WCW? Did you watch Raw? What happened here? What happened there? You know, and then um, obviously when WCW and ECW, like we were uh, took over by Vince and it was, the business was just a monopoly for so many years, but now it's almost like, I guess it's just different. I'm not going to say it's a watered down version. It's just different. You know what I mean? Between now it's like, okay, you got AEW, you got WWE, but there's like that competitiveness of, okay, you know, what did you like? What didn't you like? What could they do better? Uh, you know? Um, and I want to say, aren't they like running the same night too? Well, AEW is Wednesday, correct? And then SmackDown's Friday now, is it? Yeah, but they they uh, AEW competes with NXT on Wednesday. Wednesday, there you go. So you know, there's still it's cool to see that back around to something great. Is my whole point. You know what I mean? Where you could uh, just that uh, you know, just keep it interesting. You know, it makes it fun too. You know, I know, I know. When I was a kid, man, I would like record Nitro to watch Raw. No, actually, I'm sorry. I would watch Nitro from eight to nine. Then I would record Nitro from 9 to 11 because I would tune in the Raw from 9 to 11 and then watch Nitro that I taped the day after. <laughs> that's how much of a fan I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you didn't want to miss anything, right? Like oh, that's that's man. I, I don't know. Yeah. I was I was switching I was switching channels myself, but I was also on. I, I this is how cool my mom was too. I, I would always tell my mom, you know, hey, I need to borrow your your TV and VCR, and she's like, what? Why? And I was like, well, because I'm going to be switching back and forth from program to program, but I I have to catch all of Monday night. Uh, I mean, uh, WCW Nitro. 
because that one's going to end before before Raw. So I want to see the end results of uh, Nitro in case something happens on Raw that I just can't switch from. Yeah. So <laughs> and she would allow it to, you know, allow me to borrow her bedroom and record there. And then I'd watch it in my bedroom. So, I mean, it was just different times, man. Like I, I understand. I understand like the the ratings. Um, a lot of people talk about ratings. Oh, well, these guys can't draw a million viewers. Like, well, you don't really know that because we have a lot of uh, streaming devices um, available to us nowadays. I always wondered how but, accurate those numbers are, but yeah, I totally know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. 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 They're just not accurate anymore, man, because I, I can, t- I can even speak for myself that I do not watch wrestling on television. I just don't. I have a website that I can go to that is free and I can stream it there. I, I actually canceled my cable this year. As soon as the pandemic had happened, I was like, well, I'm not getting football. Yeah. I'm not getting hockey. I don't know what's going to go on. So I, I don't need cable. That's the only reason I had cable was for football, hockey, wrestling. Right, so right. it's like, well, I can consume my wrestling on a website. I can't consume football and baseball, hockey, whatever, because it's canceled. Right. So there's no reason to pay this extra bill for, cause I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to tune into survivor or America's got talent or anything like that. I got Hulu as well. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, anything that I watch on TV, I I've got a streaming device for, well, they don't count these streaming devices in for viewers. Right. I mean, each company has millions and millions of all followers. So obviously these guys are all tuning into NXT. They're all tuning into AEW. It just, it's just a matter of where they're tuning in. Sure. Um, they're not going to count all these cable ratings. So if they, they release a cable rating of 800,000, that means 800,000 people have just watched AEW on cable TV. How many millions have watched it on streaming devices? Exactly. Yeah, totally. Uh, makes so much sense, but, uh, yeah, there's something to be said about those numbers. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's just a wild time to be a wrestling fan. So I, I wouldn't rely on any any numbers or you know e- even WWE. You know how they're discouraged. Oh well, Fox isn't getting you know mm-hmm. this five million viewership. It's like, well, you don't know that. They, they probably are. They're just probably not getting it through a cable provider. You know what I mean? They're either watching uh, YouTube clips or they're watching it on a on a streaming platform that's illegal, which. Um, unfortunately that's my case (laughs) (laughs) or, (laughs) you know what I mean? Or, or anything like that, you know what I mean? So, um, they're seeing it. They're just not seeing it through the, the viewership that they would like to see it through, obviously. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Case in point for sure. And I think you could also watch it on the WWE network as well. So I think there's something to be said about that too, you know? Uh, yeah, I think it's a uh, so NXT releases the following night on the WWE Network. But other than that, like if you wanted to watch SmackDown, it's a thirty day delay, unfortunately. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so otherwise, I wouldn't even be watching it on a website. I would, yeah. <laughs> I would just catch it on the WWE Network the following day when it's uh, convenient. You know what I mean? For sure. So. Well, uh, what's, uh, you got any plans once, uh, well, before we, before we get to that, um, during the pandemic, have you had any bookings? Cause I know, I know that some of these, um, venues are opening up with independent bookings. Have you, um, have you gotten to be a part of any of this or, um, nothing uh, the last couple months have been very slow. Um, just did a couple seminars really, but even so that was like just a, a limited amount of people. Um, 
you know, because you can only have a certain amount of capacity, you know, in, in the buildings and stuff like that. But other than then, just a couple seminars, no, no real wrestling shows. Like I was saying earlier, like uh, our next bookings is in November. Um, and hopefully they don't get canceled. Um, we were supposed to go Definitely. to uh, Germany, uh, Kenny and I. Uh, this was about a month ago. But um, again, because of everything going down, um, the show got canceled. So, um, yeah, just been um, just been kind of uh, trying to book up now from November on, you know, and uh, which case in point, if there's any promoters out there or, or people running shows, uh, that are interested in booking myself uh, or me and Kenny together as a tag team, um, you can hit me up on my email. It's uh, themikemondo at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, we're still active and just ready to kick some ass. We're itching to get going again. So we're excited to get through this and then um, just keep on going, you know? So just want to throw that Definitely, out Definitely, man. So, yeah. so I know that, like, uh, Micah Taylor was able to be a part of the Talk and Shop mania mm-hmm. um um i didn't get to watch the whole pay-per-view so i wasn't sure if you guys got the opportunity to be a part of that or um pretty cool platform um what i seen was hilarious so i i guess it was just like this comedy pay-per-view that they put on okay. um loot so um yeah it was the good brothers um who are now signed with impact wrestling um it, it's cool to get like like i said there's just so many so much content that we can consume now as wrestling fans. It's almost just kind of pick and choose nowadays. You you know, like there's just so much to be a part of. Um, I mean, I work so much that it, it's impossible to consume every bit of content mm-hmm. and, and maintain a family life. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, definitely. It's kind of hard to keep up with everything these days. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, but I would love to see you guys, you know what I mean? Um, sign, to something. I mean, even AEW dark, if it's not going to be like a, a permanent deal with AEW, you know, I, I know that a lot of independent uh, performers are going to AEW dark and they're kind of getting their moment to shine. I would love to see you guys be a part of that. Maybe they wouldn't bring you in as the spirit squad, just because I don't know if you guys own the rights to that or, or what, what the case is with that. But um, just to see you as performers, be a part of that would be amazing to me. Um, I'd love to see you, be a part of even impact wrestling. Um, they're kind of blowing up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be a great platform. Um, anything oh, yeah. or even another WWE callback, you know what I mean? Uh, um, anything, you know, like you guys, you guys definitely deserve it. Um, you guys served the purpose of, of the gimmick that was given to you mm-hmm. by Vince McMahon. And I feel like he's really missing the ball. If he doesn't give you guys a callback and, and get you guys, you know, back, back in the league and back, you know, with the ball rolling and he, he needs to blow up this tag division and do something. So I'm hoping that happens. Um, I appreciate that. Jason. Yeah, man. I just, you know, yeah, definitely, man. I just, I just wish the best for you guys. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I wish the best for everybody in, in professional wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's definitely a hard time. Um, it's, it's not as, not as big as it once was just because of the pandemic. But once all this clears up, I'm hoping that everything just booms back into business, you know? For sure, man. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I appreciate that. And, you know, even before the Spirit Squad, like, we were, you know, we were wrestling as Mike Mondo and Ken Doan, you know what I mean? So um, we definitely wanted to reinvent ourselves. In fact, Kenny and I were talking about that a little bit um, because right now we're just, like, in the best shape physically and everything. Um, You know, we looked the part. We could obviously go and work. 
Um, so we were just even talking about maybe just going as Mondo and Dome, you know, um, in a tag team. Yeah. You know? So yeah, you know, we're, we're it'll talk, work. Yeah, we're throwing around some ideas, you know, but um, yeah, it just doesn't have to be the the Spirit Squad, even though that's what you know people like know known us for and everything. But you know, we um, we can adapt to any given situation, whatever you know the company needs uh, or is looking for at that time. So. We just have to wait and see, you know, you know, keep our fingers crossed. Definitely, man. Creativity happens. And I, I believe you guys have, have the talent to create something even bigger than the spirit squad. If for some reason, WWE doesn't decide to call you back. Um, I know you guys have it within you to create something even more, you know, fashionable or relatable in nowadays wrestling. So um, it's, de- it's definitely there and you guys, you guys have what it takes to make it. And I just wish you guys all the best. Cool. Bud. I appreciate that, man. Hell yeah. Definitely, man. So before we go, I have to ask you about this. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Micah Taylor kind of, kind of pulled some ribs on you and stuff. Is there any, is there any good, uh, ribs that you got to pull back on him or what? Oh man. Uh, you see, I was never the best ribber, I gotta say. Uh, you know, every time, like, I can't think of anything like, I'll put on the spot here. Um, Sorry, man. No, that's I, okay. I had to that's okay. You know, anytime I probably tried to rib back, it probably ended up blowing up in my face and I ended up ribbing myself, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it does, man. I'm that guy as well. I'm that, I'm yeah, definitely yeah, that yeah. guy. You know, I just, I was never, my comedy and everything, like, it always comes on the fly. Like that's why I can never be a stand-up comedian because if I tried to be like funny, it just I would bomb. I would totally shit the bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah, that's I surprising just, to me because, like I said, I, I when you were on WWE, I cracked up, and and you were the one that stood out for me personally. That that, that always cracked me up just because of that that bubbly personality that you you provided just for the intro music alone. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the ring was a whole nother story. It was it was hilarious. So right. for you to say that you you would bomb in comedy is just kind of a shock to me. Well, that's, that's, that's the thing. Like, in wrestling, I just go out there and I just, I don't really think I just act and react, you know, and that's what wrestling is just acting and reacting, you know, of the people. And uh, like, it was nothing I really planned. Like I'm, it was never like a moment, like when I was backstage, like, all right, when I go out there, I'm going to do this, you know, it just kind of happened the way it was organically supposed to happen. And, um, but damn, man, I really wish I could think of uh, something right now that I did with Micah because I would like to get him back right now. But uh, I, I can't <laughs> think of anything right now, man. Damn. <laughs> That's all right, man. Yeah. That's all right. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, is there anything that you would like to plug? Anything that's that's going on right now that the people can support you in any way? Do you have any merch that they can buy or any, anything of the sort that we that you want to plug on the show right now? Yeah, man, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, people, uh, you know, I got uh, access to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, just kind of like um, pretty much most people these days. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and uh, Instagram at the Mike Mondo, and uh, Facebook is uh, yeah, Mike Mondo. That's it. You can fo- find me on there and uh, request me, follow me, and uh, I'd love to interact with my fans. So uh, feel free to hit me up anytime. I appreciate that. Definitely, man. So um, I know that you mentioned the booking, um, the booking emails earlier. Why don't you go ahead and plug that again since it's right at the end of the show so we don't miss it. Sure, man. Yeah. Um, any promoters out there that want to book me for a seminar or wrestling show, 
uh, autograph signing, you could uh, hit me up at themikemondo at gmail.com. There you go, man. Well, uh, words can't describe how, how appreciative I am for you coming on the show, man. I really appreciate, um, you being here. I love the conversation that we had, um, the stories that you can tell it's, it's very knowledgeable and I uh, love digging into to behind the scenes of pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's great to get it from the source rather than uh, a dirt sheet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, Hey man, like, um, I know you could have anybody on the show, you know, so I just appreciate you wanting uh, to have me on the show. And it was just great. Talking oh, definitely, to you. man. I'm glad we were able to, you know, make it work out. You know, I know we're, uh, we both had busy lives and I'm glad we uh, were able to find some time and, and just uh, talk a little bit here. So uh, definitely, dude. Yeah, I don't know if you're a hockey fan tonight, but Islanders playoff hockey game four. I am a minutes. huge hockey fan. Hell yeah. Hell huge. yeah. So I got I'm my, excited because uh, Seattle, Seattle's finally getting a team. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> so, there you go. Yes, they are. So yeah, so that's that's going to be great, man. I'm usually awesome. a Canucks fan, and we're we're a bunch of losers. So <laughs> it'll be nice to uh, switch over to another team and hopefully give that another try. <laughs> you, got, well, hey, you, got, you got Vancouver in the playoffs here, so you never know. Yeah, yeah, you they're know? doing great this year. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Totally, totally. So, but uh, I'm excited for this game four here. Kick off in a few minutes, so. There you, there you go, man. Well, I, once again, you know, I, I appreciate you being on the show. Um, I'm Jesse Carter. You can follow me at um, on Twitter at C-A-R-D-E-R-I-N-C. That's Carter Inc. And then you can also follow the Pro Wrestling Shoot on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow us on YouTube and Twitch. We haven't started video pros- uh, progress yet. But if you subscribe and and like the pages, you will be getting notified as soon as we are dropping content. I appreciate you guys for listening and uh, stay tuned, man. We, we got more exciting stuff. Um, thank you, Mike Mondo, for joining us. And yeah, I man. appreciate it, man. I just want to give a quick shout out to my boy, uh, Brian Williams, B-Dub. Uh, he said he was oh, going yeah. to be tuning in to, the, uh, to my podcast here. So I just want to say what's up, buddy and uh, buddy check. So. There you go. Definitely, man. Yeah, <laughs> Brian Williams, man. Uh, me and him go way back. I absolutely love this guy. Yeah, he's a man. Um, he, he's, a, he's a big influence on why I was able to contact you, so I'm very thankful for Brian Williams and, and the relationship. And I c- couldn't you know, speak nicer words about him, man, so I appreciate you, Brian Williams, and uh, definitely shout-out to you and shout-out to all your future projects. And I, I wish you nothing but success, brother. So... My name is Jesse Carter. This is Mike Mondo, and we are out of time. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Pro Wrestling Shoot. I'll see you next week. Peace.